0: by Hoyland. Gail gets up again. Hodges is there. Oh, it's 2-1. Hodges. Ah. Oh!
1: Hello and welcome back to the What the Fork podcast. Today's guest is a former Crazy Gang member, Welsh International, and current AFC Wimbledon manager, Glenn Hodges. How are you doing, Glenn? Are you well? Yes, I'm very good. Thank you. Yourself? Weird times, isn't it? But I suppose everyone's got their own way of coping with it. But what is life of a football manager like during a global pandemic?
0: Well, at the moment, obviously, it's, it's taken a massive backseat. You know, we're, we're constantly uh, watching the news and updates and uh, wishing everybody well and hopefully staying safe at this time because, uh, you know, it's not it's not great. And I think football is uh, not that important at this time. But having said that, you know, it's, uh, it gives me lots of time to... Uh, to scout we, we actually got We got um, We got the scouts Working from home We're looking at We're looking at targets We're trying to build A wish list for next year um, Again we're Not sure what's going to Happen with this season yet So You know There's things that We can be done And we're trying to Keep the boys
1: occupied In a similar fashion I want to take you back to I think you were Maybe 15, 16 I could be earlier than that But Am I right in saying You grew up playing For, for Mitchum Royals Is that correct? Yes Yeah Yeah Yeah
0: yeah, it was it it was quite good it was a, it was a good uh, it was a good boys club it was um i don't know whether they can liken it to the walls End boys Club but we had loads of good years and, and and everybody who played for the local the local borough the borough London borough of merton which yeah. we sort of joined this club on a sunday and from this from like i think I started at under under elevens and we had teams right up to under sixteen so the boys at under sixteens were already already been noticed and scouted by clubs and then and then they realized that we had you know there was a a good thread all the way down, and uh, luckily, you know, we, we we got picked up, and and lots of players who I actually played with at uh, that age went on to to play in you know, professional football. So it was a you know it was a it was a real good good club.
1: Yeah, there was a few players that ended up coming professional from that. Who, who were the players that came from it? Just for the people who are listening.
0: Oh, there's a guy called Jimmy Bolton who played for Wimbledon. Um, Dale Jasper. I mean, he's just been in the news. He's he's younger than me, and he recently just died. He played for Chelsea. A yeah. called Timmy Elms played for Chelsea. Gary Chivers played for Chelsea. A lot of, we had a big connection with Chelsea. I think the one, the standout, one of the ones that everyone would know is I, I played left wing, and at the time we had a right winger called Alex Stewart, who went on to be the captain of England and uh, the best one of the best cricketers we've ever had, and is now uh, technical director of Surrey FA with a stand named after him. So you know, he he was uh, he could have either gone into football or cricket. So there was there was quite there's quite a few you know we quite a few come through it's uh, it was it was a real real good talented
1: group. I'm always envious of people like that that are not just good at football but rugby yeah. and cricket.
0: I'm jealous you setting up Skype because it took me ages to work this one out. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm catching up on all this technology.
1: <laughs> well, you're doing well. Um, did you have any heroes growing up? Then, like I mean, everyone I think has someone that they look to sort of emulate or someone that they pretend that they are in the park. Did you have anyone that you wanted to be? <laughs>
0: Well, well, it was. I said where we lived, it was a big Chelsea hotbed, and and that was the first, that was basically everyone was Chelsea fans, and uh, and I sort of went went against the grain. I went for the North London. Uh, I went for Tottenham and the North London. I think for the one reason was they they seemed to be on the Sunday Sunday football, the, the big match when it was on every Sunday. Uh, it'd be yeah. London based, obviously regionalised, and and then uh, Tottenham would be on most of the time, and then I'd be off down the park, uh, emulating emulating the, the, someone who I'd seen, but. Uh, I mean, I followed, I followed Tottenham right the way through uh, and was fortunate enough to play against uh, against them and, uh, you know, against our dealers and Villa and Glenn Hoddle. And, uh, you know, I didn't come off, I didn't get too much out of it. It wasn't too, uh, you know, they, we we got uh, put to the sword a few times. But, you know, I think Tottenham was the team and I, I used to change week and week out. But, I mean, I was always like the, I was like the skillful players, always like the talent, you know, the 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 Rodney Masters, Stan Bowles, they were the standout ones that I, that, I, that I used to I used to
1: love watching. great side knees as well, I suppose, weren't they? That would have like Hoddle, yeah. Waddle. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I missed the first. I missed the first cup final. I missed the uh, the Man City cup uh, cup final. I was actually playing in Finland as a club at Wimbledon. They used to send us abroad in the summer, so yeah. I spent three months uh, playing out in a place called Corpio in the centre of Finland. So I watched that from afar, and then the next season. When we play QPR, uh, and then I uh, I went to both of the games and uh, and sat and stood up with the fans and and yeah, that was uh, that was a, a great occasion.
1: You talked about going to, to Finland. I probably jumped slightly back ahead, but since we're on topic, um, I read that. about obviously going to Finland, I think that would have been in like eighty one, eighty two. Yeah, um, yeah, eighty one was. Was that sort of uh, do you know how Manchester United have that set up with uh, Royal Antwerp and they send their young players yeah. along? Was that like what Wimbledon sort of did at that time yeah, as well?
0: Yes, yeah, slightly different. I mean, I think I think it was two it was a couple of reasons. One, it was all the young the young lads. So the young lads could go as soon as that season finished in, in May, you could go there till the start of pre-season. Um, and I think there was twofold. It was one to obviously get us away and keep us playing, and secondly, I think it was to stop, get us off the wage bill. So um, we would go there, and we would go. We would get paid by the the, the the club over there. We, had, we Alan Court went to. Uh, in fact Alan Court went to went to South Africa, and then he went to fin- went to Sweden and played under Roy Hodgson at Orebru. So there was lots of us who went out. At my age, my my uh, my apprentice group, there was going to be three going to New Zealand for six months, and and one obviously staying locally in like, like Europe. So for three months now, luckily I was I was in the team. I got in the team quite young. So they wanted me back for pre-season, but I was desperate to go to New Zealand and have six months out there because the lads who went there, you know, two were working on a farm, one was in a sports shop, uh, and they they had a whale of a time. So I, I I missed that one, but obviously I, I I don't regret Finland. It was it was equally you know magnificent for for, for me personally.
1: Was it quite similar to? Because obviously I think women would have been what would have been the old fourth division then, or, or League yeah. Two for the people listening who might, who might not remember the old yeah, fourth division yeah, like myself yeah. and you, um, but. Obviously there's certain divisions that you can go to and they're quite similar in terms of uh, what you'd expected first team at the club that you actually owned by was Finland quite similar to like maybe the 4th division or was it completely different did it prepare you in different ways
0: Yeah slightly different I mean it wasn't as it was I mean I, I made my debut uh, I mean, my debut in in 1980 and then the season and and we got promoted and then I went away in that summer and it was more it was it wasn't as physical I mean blimey you know it was a baptism of fire in some of them games in them days so it wasn't quite as physical, but the the I mean, I I quite like the Scandinavian football anyway. You know, whenever yeah. we we'd go and play over there, or the Scandinavians come and play over here, we've had some good players over the years who played with us, and they were they were you know they they got on well here because they were strong and and athletic, and it was a good test. So I mean, it was it was good. It, it was it was um I'm trying to think. It was, probably wasn't as good as that 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 level, but. I, it was an opportunity for me to you know I had probably a bit more time on the ball I had a bit more enjoyment and, and, and not worried about getting smashed and kicked and, and and as we did in in them days as it was as it was coming through so uh, but it was still competitive and uh, we had local derbies and i think we did we did well that season finished second in the in the league and the team i played for qualified for the UEFA cup which they played Juventus the next year so you know it was successful on, on, on their on my side and, and the club side so it was it was a good good uh, a good time for me
1: Going back to, obviously, you're getting picked up by Wimbledon just sort of the season or a couple of seasons before, and I think it was maybe 79-80, um, but I think you had sort of plenty of choices. You mentioned sort of Chelsea before, and a few of the players from from yeah. and Royals went towards Chelsea, but um, I could be wrong with this, but I think when you were about 15-16, you had a couple of choices like Chelsea, Fulham, yeah. and, and of course Wimbledon. So I yeah. suppose what I would ask is why some of the lads went at Chelsea, you know, why, why Wimbledon? What was it that kind of attracted you to them as opposed to maybe someone else?
0: Well, I, mean, I mean, the thing about living in London, um, I mean, I played, I went to Fulham, I went to Crystal Palace, I went to Arsenal. I mean, Chelsea, I was there at 12, right the way up to, to, to leaving to go to Wimbledon. So you had, if you didn't, there was a thing called the associate schoolboy forms, which everybody seemed to sign. And it was, uh, you know, it got affiliated and you couldn't go anywhere else. But I know I didn't want to do that. I was leaving myself quite open, and while I had Chelsea, always was going to Chelsea. I still had a look, and Arsenal was great for me. But I couldn't, I couldn't get over there after school. It was too far to go for evening training. So that that might have worked. So um, in fact, the in fact, the Crystal Palace one, it was I had a choice at one bit. I can't remember how old I was, but they were local. I could get, I'd get the bus. So Crystal Palace was two buses, and in them days you get expensive. So two buses, one bus at the time was three p. So two buses there was 6p, and I get two buses back, which was 6, p so 12p. When I get my expenses, uh, the guy would say, yeah, how much is it, Glenn? And I'd say, yeah, 12p. And he'd say, oh, I've got no change. It's 15p. You owe me 3p next week. So off I'd go and get the bus back. And then I'd go to Chelsea. That was on Monday. Chelsea on the Tuesday was one bus. So 3p there, 3p back. And i go to the guy. He'd say, how much is it, Glenn? i said, say, it's only 6p. And he'd go, it is 75 pence. He says, yeah, go and buy yourself something. Go and buy some sweets on the way home. So, <laughs> I, I, so I didn't go back to Crystal Palace and I still owe them 3p. So uh, it was uh, it was great. It, it, that was how it was in them days. So you could go by a bus, you could go to the games. And Chelsea, Chelsea for me, while I, I really enjoyed it, it seemed to go to, it changed. We were training at Stamford Bridge. Then we were changing, training somewhere else. Then we were going somewhere else. It was going in transition and it wasn't as enjoyable and then Wimbledon came along, and um, and, and the, back, the manager at Wimbledon at the time was Dario Grady, who took me to Chelsea. So uh, I think it was um, it was an, an easy choice to go there, um, easy choice to go there. And while I went there, there's a guy called Paul Fishington who who people might might remember who played for Wimbledon and went all the way through uh, through the divisions with us. He it actually took him as well. He walked out of Chelsea. We had both probably been offered apprenticeships there, and we we uh, we, we joined Wimbledon instead. So. Um, a brave decision maybe a stupid one looking back but one that worked out really well for us
1: yeah yeah very much so um i think i could be wrong here because obviously i'm not a wimbledon fan but i believe you made your debut at halifax away in yeah. the old fourth division yeah. um yeah. Fourth division of football, and and now you started as a, a midfielder, and then slowly went towards the left wing. But by the time you'd made your debut, had you already transitioned to the wing by that point, or did you play well, centre no, well, mid?
0: No, I was, no, was centre mid. He put me on centre mid. Um, Halifax away, we won 1-0. In fact, it was. I mean, it, it, it,
1: it, I just got in the squad.
0: I've been, I've been to Tremor away. There's then days there was only one sub, so there was twelve men, but you'd have a thirteenth man, and the thirteenth man would travel. And help the kit man. Help sit the kit man, and and put stuff away, and help pack up. And we used to travel a lot by train then. So I've been thirteenth man a couple of times, and then I got on and uh, and the, we met early at uh, we met early. At, I think it was Euston going up to uh, going up to Halifax, and then um when we met the station, the boys decided that we'll everyone had to speak an Australian accents from the time we got on the train. All the way up, all the way back. No one could speak unless he's speaking with an Australian accent. I don't know where <laughs> that came from. So that was the start of the journey. So everyone's talking talking like that. And we've got the win. Come back. And to sell him, it was a night. um it was a night Marvin Hagler beat um Alan um what was his name?
1: Oh, Marvin Hagler. Know.
0: Alan Minton. Alan Minton. Yeah. That's his yeah. So that was that night. So we went out and watched that made maybe debut. I went out and enjoyed myself. Watched that fight, and it was one that stayed in and, and carried on the Australian accents right the way, way through. But back to sorry, <laughs> was just digressing a bit. But the, the question, obviously, about the midfield, I was a centre midfield player, and it changed when uh, Dave Bassett took over, and we went direct. Wimbledon, we were, were obviously we went long ball, and then they, he put me left wing because I was like six foot one winger coming up against the smaller fallbacks, and, uh, and 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 he wanted he wanted more. Uh, what can I say? More, more, more legs. You know, energy to be yeah. up and down. I probably wasn't that sort of player. I was more of a footballer. But you know, I got in that left wing spot, and well, didn't enjoy it in the beginning. And we had a drastic change of play, a change of style. You know, it's one that we, uh, one that i warmed to purely for the fact that we you know we got success and we went through the leagues, and and then we did, we did develop our game. Our game did get better, but at the, at the time, it was uh, really, really crude. To, you know, to, to be um, truthful.
1: Talking about sort of Wimbledon these days, how similar is say football now as opposed to what you maybe be used to in the fourth division? I think it is. I think it. Is, I think there's. Uh, uh, I think the, the, the no disrespect to
0: to the players I played with, or and not putting myself down, but uh, excuse my language, it was like kick, bollock, and bite. Everything was a fight. Everything was aggressive. <laughs> you, you had to. You had to. You know, you had to stand. And first and foremost. You know, you had to stand up to the onslaught, and the first first 15, fifteen 20 minutes was a fight and a test of your personality, your character. You know, of how you're gonna how this game's gonna go. So um, that was, you know, I don't think you know, I don't think it's uh, the physical side isn't there. Although it is, you know, they're fit, they're fit, yeah. they're strong, and they know what they're doing. And there's some real good players in this division. I, I think there's some real talented players, and and uh, maybe you know, maybe I think think the level was a little bit higher. Than, than it
1: was. Talking before about how it was Dario Grady who brought you over uh to Wimbledon originally, um, I think, you know, me me growing up, Dario Grady and, and crew as it was at the time when I was young, yeah. were well known for possession based football. Um and I think obviously if you you're used to that, because you said you were with them at Chelsea, you grew up and you you used to play professional um professional footballer at possession based essentially. Then you got Dave Bassett, who's known for the complete mm. opposite. But how hard was the transition sort of changing over? I know obviously it worked out, but when you first first got used to going from professional to maybe a bit more direct, was it quite a hard transition for you? It was,
0: because it was, I hated it. I I hated it and I kept down in transfer request and I was sulking. I just think, well, I'm not playing. I'm going to go and play somebody who wants to play football. Um, I mean, the the compliment to, to Darrow in a way, the way I'd been brought up at Chelsea and, and at Wimbledon, to be fair, was that, you know, you could you could handle the ball. I could play football. Now, you know, I think the way I look at it, I think anybody can come in and, and boot it and kick it and chase after it. But there's going to come a time where you know you have to put your foot on it, and then you're going to have to have a plan B and a plan C. So our, our you know, we 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 had that, and um, and the players we recruited, we, you know, you don't get up through the divisions and be top of the top of the first division of Premier League as it is now in September if you didn't have players who could play. So at the time I didn't I didn't like it at the time, but then all of a sudden I was getting a, I was getting a lot of goals. I was getting a lot of assists. You know, we were it, things. Things were happening, and we had let's say that you know we had we had the key players in key areas, and we became a real force. and uh, And that momentum just built up. You know, you know, you, you see yourself the momentum when people get promoted, they get promoted again, and equally when you lose that momentum, you know, you get relegated, you get relegated again. if you see with your team, so um, it, it it does happen in in yeah. cycles like that. But we had a real, you know, we had a real bond. You mentioned the crazy gang. We were all young. We were all mates. we were all local lads. We would socialised together. It was a big part of it, and uh, and we just got on this on this roller coaster and uh, and just, like just just enjoyed it for what it was. It was fantastic.
1: What well, that's probably one of the big differences, I think, these days. And I hope I'm not being too harsh on any sort of modern day footballers, but I suppose I mean I was born in '86, so my first real sort of experience of football was about '93, '94, and I remember the likes of Kevin Ball, John K, um, proper yeah, like John K. John Kay played John K. with us. Yeah, yeah, he was he, brilliant. He, he was an original member of the Crazy Gang. He was a John lunatic, K, wasn't he? He was a lunatic. Great <laughs> kid. Great kid. What What are your memories of John Kay? I should ask that actually because uh, I love we, John Kay. he was at start at Arsenal. So I was, I
0: was, um, uh, we played Arsenal at Highbury in an FA Youth Cup. Uh, I think it might be in the 1980. Just, um, I've made my debut, so I, you know, you can still play in the youth in the youth team. And they thumped us four or five, and I got sent off at Highbury in in that game and that. And I remember him. Uh, he was a bit chirpy and a bit, you know. Was, and he had, I just, I remember him. And the next thing, he come and signed. He, he played. He was a midfield player then. And then he come and signed at right back, and he fitted straight in. I mean, the thing about because we are such a tight group, there was certain personalities that, that found it hard to fit in, found it hard to, to you know, to to get in with the lads. And there's some would come in, and they had been there all their life. And John Kay was exactly that. And he was he fitted right in with pre-season in Sweden and uh, and you know, he, he was he was brilliant. And I know he's doing some good work up in the northeast now. I think he's helping underprivileged the lads or he's he's doing something along them lines. Although I haven't spoken to him for a while, you know, he he was tremendous for us.
1: He, no, he is. He's he is doing some fantastic work up here and very, very humble about it as well. I interviewed him approximately about eight or nine months ago And um he's just such a down-to-worth lad I think I asked him a, a couple of questions about his career and he said oh I just I, I don't really remember it. I forget it was a footballer just something I did yeah. So yeah, I think that's what,
0: what, yeah I think that's what he is I mean a lot of players I must be to lots of lots of players didn't like football don't like football it's a talent that they found and it's a vehicle obviously to, to 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 get them to get some finances to behind them or to you know part of their life and they move on to other things and I mean I'm not surprised about John again because we're trying to you know, we, we, there's been a book come out, The Crazy Gang, written by Dave Bassett and Wally Downs, and we kept, you know, a lot of us have met up. I mean, I, I, I've i met the lads since, but there was a couple of meetings, you know, going through the stories and getting, getting the stories right for the book, and John John kept saying he was coming and he never come, and it's funny that there was two or three that you, you would think would be there, and I don't think you really interests him, so he, he's moved on, and, and, you know, credit to him. He's a, he's a great lad. So if you do bump into him up in your travels, he ever does the, the games at Sunderland, give him my regards. <laughs>
1: Did you ever see, one One of my earliest memories of being a football fan, it would have been 93, 94 season, we played Birmingham. He, he'd been out with some sort of injury. And I remember it came up on the Roker Park scoreboard that John Kay was was playing. And my, I remember my dad being really excited. And I was too young to really understand, to be honest. Um, and he's really excited because John Kay's playing it. Oh, brilliant. You, lo- you love this fellow. And I was like, all right, fantastic. No problem. Like six or seven. Um, but in that game, he actually broke his leg, I think in yeah. three places. Um oh, shit. And as he was going off, he got he got put on a, a stretcher. And I don't know whether you've ever seen the photo, but he actually rose the stretcher off. He's got his leg broken three places, and he rose it off as if he's going off on like some sort of boat. It's absolutely brilliant. No. Um, no. Seen
0: that. But that's him. No, that's him. That's him. That's him. He was, he was fantastic for us.
1: I was watching a an interview with you yesterday that you'd done um, and I, I quite liked your wording for it because obviously the crazy gang is notorious in, in British football and for all the right reasons in my opinion um, but you get into that team sixteen seventeen, and I think you said the first team pros used to use you as, as cannon fodder. Now it's, yes. it sounds it sounds <laughs> bad but at the same time we're talking about how important like um, like socially it is for teams those days to so be an actual team, but what sort of tricks would the crazy gang try on you when you when you were young to kind of integrate you into the team and see how much you could take?
0: Well I've got to be careful what I say, yeah, because I don't, some <laughs> things I can say, some things you can't. I just think like it was yeah, it was it was um we we were we were set up, we were I think, you know, you you'd you, you didn't, we didn't have many overnights. I think we we had we had we didn't go in the hotels. But if we did, the hotel wouldn't wouldn't be in one one place. They'd try and get your key and and do your room. I mean, we used to have water yeah water fights, and there'd be water dripping through the ceiling, and and then it'd be it just it just, just like loads loads of little things. We'd have two we we actually we had two gangs. We had uh, we had two gangs, and if you're part of it, and if you was ever on your own and and you was outnumbered by this other gang. They, you know, they'd just beat you up, basically beat you up. And we had we we played the game at Grimsby called a, in the group cup final, and we're out and we're outside and we're waiting to leave. And and Dave Bassett was in the directors box in in the directors room having a drink and. Uh, and then we, it's a big, it's kicked off, big kicked off outside. And one of the directors' wives ran up to D- Dave Bass and said, David, David, your players are fighting. You better go and get them. And he looked at the window and he went, way! Ah, it's just the two gangs having a fight. Let them at it. Leave them, leave them to it. <laughs> so it was just like, it was just things like that were going on all the time. You know, it was. Um, any tricks that were played, or you know, they'd they'd obviously cut your gear, cut your clothes up, set fire your clothes. Now you now your shoes to the floor, you know. If you bought a towel in, they'd, they'd nick your towel, nick your shirt. There, there was there was lots and lots of things, you know, um, that that were just like they're just high jinks, high jinks and fun, and uh, and yeah, it took you a while. And that's because we were young, young, and and then them them days, you know, the youth team trained with the first team. So you know, you was just out of school, a bit naive, and and uh, and and got, got got caught out plenty of times. So it took you, you had to be a quick learner to uh, to try and you know get your wits about you to make sure that nothing happened, nothing really too bad happened to you. But there was something that was definitely going to happen.
1: Would you would you have it any other way? Are you quite are you are you kind of nah. wanted that you came through that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, it, it molded it molded me as molded as a person. It. Mo- you know, the, it, it
0: it it developed your personality. It brought you. It brought you. You know, you know. I've, I've, I've come out. I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm, I was a bit shy, and you know, you're, a bit, you, you, you're coming into the big wide world. And I suppose it was like on building sites. You got these apprentices yeah. coming on building sites years ago, and they, you know, they'd, they'd be up to all these larks, and they'd be playing tricks on these kids. It just, it just, it just like makes you the person you are. It helps you, and the, you know, the Wimbledon has had a massive, massive. Uh, effect on me, it's, it's it's helped me, you know, and and, and, you know, and what I am today is is because of because of them days, and I'd say that all the play all the boys there would have said the same.
1: For you, if you could sum it up, what would you say was the the, the DNA of the Crazy Gang? We
0: we we were young, we were young, so we all come through the, the youth team. I think Wally Downs was in the youth team, and then under that there was uh, there was six, seven, there was eight of us all went through to play i mean dave bassett was the was the player manager of the reserves at that time so before he even got the job so we played with harry and uh, you know and am <laughs> just thinking of other stories that, that I can't really say but uh, we played with <laughs> played played with him You're welcome so so that we just kept we just got we just came through together and it was i mean it was real you know i know what people say about you know you've got a good youth system and a, the good youth set up and you get you play little lads young. We we had, you know, off the back of that Mitch and Rolls, a lot of the boys from Mitch and Rolls were there, but there was some real good talent, young talent. And then we all clicked and, and we all clicked and we all been together for such a long time. And what what the, the main thing about it was that we were so well drilled. I mean, Dave Bassett, with with, with the work we did, that it, we I knew what they were going to do before they knew what they were going to do. Everybody was on the same song sheet. Everybody, And if you didn't do what you was meant to do at that time, you'd got a rollicking... So we drove it ourselves. There, you know, we was driving it together on a pitch. We were so, so in sync, you know, so in sync that, you know, it was, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And I mean, I, I know I spoke to that. I still speak to Dave Bassett now, and he said, uh, you know, it got to a point where he didn't have to do much. He didn't have to do much at all. We'd obviously work on the week what we we're going to do, but he knew on the Saturday at uh, three o'clock. He knew that we were all knew what what to do and we all knew when to do it. And he said it, it, it you know, it become very easy for him. I mean, and, and again, part of that team, part of the team, the Wimbledon team that got promoted to the first division have been, have gone on to be managers. They've gone into management or, yeah. or you know, so it's a, it, it was a real talented group. And, uh, unfortunate that you know, we all, we all had that time together and it's one that, you know, you'll never forget.
1: It's talk about players going to in the management and staying sort of within coaching and within football. But one of them went on to Hollywood. Could you ever imagine Benny yeah. Jones going into Hollywood? Well, I
0: could, You know what? You know what I'm saying? I mean. There's a there's a a, a, a story that we had a, a, psych, a psychologist come in, a sports psychologist come in, <laughs> and we had um in one of the teams, uh, one of the clubs we was at, and they he put, put and we had a big meeting, and there was there was five boxes. And he said, right, go, when you, go in these boxes. He said, there's the fourth division. And I'm going back to the, the old money. So fourth, third, second, first. So go in. There's a third division. So there's the fourth division. There's the third division. There's the second. There's the first. And that box at the top is international. Go where you think you should be. Go where you think you are. So at that time, I was, I was, I was an international. I was playing for Wales. So I went and stood in the box. Vinny wasn't an international at that time, but he come and stood with me. So I said to him, and then I started laughing. I said, What are you doing? He said, What do you mean? I said, Well, you're not an in international. He said, No, I will be. So, and, and even Guy said, And then one of the, one of the players was in the first division, and one of the players went down into the fourth division. So, we're looking. So, that's the mentality of the boy. He thinks he should be an international. So, he, 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 you know, he's up there. He, that's, his, that's his thought process. And, and to put, you know, to, to the other lad thinks he's not worthy of being in the first division, he should be in the fourth. So there's the mindset of the two different mindsets that, that that had the lad that actually ended up in the fourth. He went, he was out the door within a month, gone. And Vili ends up ends up international. So whatever that, whatever he you know the personality he was, whatever he put his mind to, uh, whatever he put his mind to, he would succeed. He's just got that that he, that mentality he's got. So I'm not surprised. We saw him last year. He came for the West Ham game, and uh, he hasn't changed. You know, he hasn't changed. He's a bit harder to get hold of. But you know he's uh, he's done fantastic for himself. So uh, you know, and he was he was a, he was a good footballer as well. So he's not you know people are not having him as a footballer, but you know you don't play at the level he played and play at national if you if you're not any good.
1: <laughs> That's one of the questions I was going to ask. I mean, you look at um, Dave Bassett and his teams and, and Wimbledon and, and what there were sort of almost labelled with, almost like the Sam Allardyce curse of oh, direct long football. Now, some of the best football i ever seen at Sunderland was under Sam Allardyce. And I was looking through sort of the team and the, the players that played for Wimbledon. then. you've got players that did really well. I mean, you've yeah. got Dennis Wise, yeah. Vinnie Jones, uh, Nigel Winterburn was also yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I spoke, I spoke once to Kevin Ball about how Kevin Ball is remembered at Sunderland, and he says a lot of people say, "Oh, he's fully committed, and he was this, and he was that, and he were direct, and you, you could tackle." And he said, "But I was, I was also a good football. You know, I could, I could tackle, I could pass, I could head, I could yeah. score. Like that—that's what you call a good footballer." Do you, do you ever get frustrated that people sometimes look at Wimbledon as a long ball team when, when they really weren't? They were a team of really good individual talents as well.
0: I, I used to. I think I used to, but you know, it, does, it doesn't. And um, you know, it doesn't bother me that much. You know, I, I, you know, I know. And, and 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 the thing that that I would say was, you know, we we were long ball. We got promoted on the on long ball, and then we. Got to the next level, and it was a test. Thinking, right? Well, all of a sudden, this—you know—you get you're playing against a better, better caliber of football, and a, and a more intelligent caliber of football. So it was a bit more difficult. So we had to have another string to our bow. Next level up. Next level up. Then all of a sudden, you know, in 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 '86, we get promoted to, uh, we get promoted to the first division. Uh, and now this is a test. Thinking, right? Blimey, you know, now we've got to. And I so said we were we were top of the league in September. The start we had, we was we we started off brilliantly, and that, that 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 was down to our belief of what we were doing. That was down to you know obviously the confidence, the confidence to in, in what we were doing as well. But you know we, we if somebody part of the thing playing long ball when teams are dropping deep, when teams drop deep, it's hard to play against. But we had footballers who could find you found a way. So they you know, we we found a way so we could play long ball, we could play football, we were superb on set pieces, we had lots of strings to our bow. So we weren't just one dimensional. Um and you know, and again, anyone like him ball he was a great player. Anyone who's played at that level, you know, and then they play at a level and but it's easy for people to have this opinion and, and say, Oh, he was rubbish or he was this or he's that. Trust me, you don't get to that level, you know, without having how having a, a complete package, you know, you know, you be obviously renowned for one thing or another. Vinny was obviously an enforcer, but he could play. In fact, in fact, a little story about Vinnie: his first his first game. Um, oh, I think I was dropped to be for a was sub, we were playing Lots Forest away, and he's making his debut. And his first half, he's probably had the worst half anyone's ever seen in a Wimbledon shirt. So but, but again, his his belief and his his attitude was he was playing brilliant. But he's come off at half time. He's walking down the tunnel and he's come up to me, he's gone, How am I doing? How am I doing? And I said to him, Yeah, yeah, you're doing great. Keep going, you're all right, you're doing great. Knowing full well that he was having one. Anyway, <laughs> the kit man, the kit man, Sid, who must have been about 70 years old then, Sid, Sid's turned around and said, You what? He said, How are you doing? He said, That's the worst half I've ever seen anyone play. The kit man's told him at half time. So he's obviously given Chantal Sid where to go and moved on. And then, and, and obviously, got back at next game, he, he scored the winner against Man United at home uh, at Plough Lane. Um, so it just tells you, you know, tells you the, 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 where he started and where he finished. You've got to be a quick learner, you've got to be bright, and you've got to have belief. And, uh, and you know, and, and most of the players, well, all the players that play at that level have got that.
1: Talking about team spirit as well, how imperative was that team spirit with Wimbledon to sort of climbing through the leagues?
0: Well, it, it was everything. It was everything. Like I
1: said it's everything. You
0: know, we 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 had we had belief. We trust. We just trust. You know, you, you trust each other. That's why it was hard for people to, really hard for people to come in from coming from, not from the outside. But if we're making a new signing, you know, it was sink or swim. They either got accepted or they didn't. They accepted the high jinks or they didn't. And if they didn't, you know, they didn't last very long. And I think Ian Holloway didn't. He came for a year and he didn't enjoy it. And I think he wrote in his book that. You know, he, he in fact hated his experience there. So it wasn't for everybody. But you know, you tr- you, you trusted you trusted your teammate, and that was and, and you you know you knew that they would do anything for you, and you'd do anything for them. And it was you know it wasn't life or death. Don't get me wrong, but it was important that you know you managed to do your job, and you tr- and and if you could do help them out in any way, you know we we were we were well trusted, got on well. We were we were a big big massive big family, you know, and it
1: was uh, it was it was wonderful. It's a different world these days, in a sense, because there's so many distractions for footballers, I suppose, and it's you're more likely to, as Roy Keane puts it, see someone like Paul Pogba having a clothing line as opposed to going out for a pint with his mates. And it's all sports science and stuff like that. But how do you think players can adapt sort of that play hard, work hard attitude in in 2020 with all the sort of modern twist to it? How do you find players can have a team spirit together?
0: Well, I think I think they can. I, I just think you again. I, think I probably you know mention it. This it's about trust. I mean, we we you know we socialised together. We was out. We was out after every game. We would have a Sunday a Sunday session. We'd be out during the week. You know, we 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 bonded like that. But we we worked hard. And and then now I don't I don't think uh, you know that now it's it's not lining like well. You cannot do that. You know, you you've got to be super su- supremely fit um And their their athletes, and again the numbers spoke about you know the level of the division one, the numbers that they put out on the fitness side, you know again were were are fantastic. So, but the, the way the way you do it is the way you you know you work you work in training. You know you've got to you've got to have players who fit in a certain system. You've got to have players who, who get on. You've got to, you've got to have players who you know you can trust and. Uh, and once you have that, and once you've got that in, it doesn't matter if they go home and, and, and don't socialise away from the park. As long as they give their all when they're there, they give their all for the badge. They 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 love the club and they 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 respect their they respect their uh, colleagues and respect the management. You know, and it, it, you know you can you can easily get it. So it's, it's it was probably doing a little bit. It's done a little bit differently in my time, but you know the principles still remain.
1: You moved to Newcastle in 1987. Um, don't know why anyone would do that. No offense, <laughs> um, but to be fair, didn't didn't go very well. Yeah. Um, probably a different club. I think it was around that time. I think I can't remember the lad's name now because like I guess it was a bit before my time. But was
0: it Mirandina that they would signed at that point? Yeah, Mirandina. Yeah, Mirandina, the first Brazilian to come to to
1: uh, to England. Yeah. Do you think almost like? It didn't work out because it was different to Wimbledon. Is that how you look back on your time at Newcastle? Yeah, possibly,
0: possibly. You know, you, you're well entrenched, you're well drilled. You knew, you know, you, you knew what to expect every day, and you move. I mean, I, I, no, I think, and I've, have seen, you seen, seen, my career? Some places you get a good fit, some places you don't, and uh, yeah. and it's and, and and that's how it goes. And I think there's there's a lot, a lot of people who uh, a lot of people have been like. that. I think Ali McQuist went to Sunderland, didn't last very long, and went back up. So there's uh, there's there's certain people who, who that's happened to, and you know sometimes you just got to you know you know bite the bullet and go and and, and keep going. It doesn't mean you're, you're a bad player, but it was uh, it was it was one where I moved up there and um and it, it, it didn't quite work out. And I was I had I, got, I had offered two London clubs to go, but when Newcastle came in, it was a, a chance to. I remember playing up there and and doing well and we we beat them at home, but I just felt that it was. Uh, you know it was, it was it's the same as it is now everyone thinks is uh, you probably won't like me say it for saying this but it's like a sleeping giant and someone's got to get it going yeah. it's got it's such a big club and everywhere it's been that's the same thing that happened all, all back in them days so it didn't work out but again it wasn't wasn't a problem it, it would have been nice if it had it done but luckily uh luckily you know i, I came back down and had, had two and a half years at Watford before moving on again so there was a couple of good fits and a couple of not so good fits but you know, it's. Uh, I don't regret it. I don't regret it. You know, it's. Um, it's one of them things, and sometimes they don't work out, but sometimes they do.
1: Did it feel a bit like a goldfish bowl?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, in in London, in London, we, we, Wimbledon, we could play. And there was no one really watching us training. We could go out in the game. We could go out and yeah. play at Plough Lane, and there was a pub there called the Sportsman. There was a nightclub called Nelson's, and then you could go in any of them in, in that pub, and no one would bat an eyelid. No one would speak to you. No one would would give you cause you a problem. Or no one would want a, any a piece of you. So you could go anywhere in London, and you and no you know, and, and just be your normal, be your normal self. As soon as you went to Newcastle off the Mirandina sign, you couldn't park in the car park. All the fans were there, so it was like, and and it was chaos. And there was there was it was so many people watching training, and it was gone. I've gone from one extreme to the other. And then when you you know you went out, you went out in town. You got you know you had to be given. The results weren't right. The boys are saying, for God's sake, don't go out and don't go in, don't go there. So it went from it was a it, you know, complete extremes. I mean, there wasn't you know it wasn't it was it was still good. It wasn't a problem for me. It wasn't going to stop me you know do it. It wasn't going to stop me. But it was a yeah. It was a bit of a shock. But I mean, the the main shock was probably the was probably the you know the 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 work that we did, the training that that we were so so drilled and regimented and, and and knew what we was doing. And it went complete. You know, some clubs aren't aren't like that, and it wasn't like that and. And I probably struggled a little bit, but you know, but maybe maybe should have should have toughened it out, and I would have been a success. But you know, he just he just is what it is. But it was complete, yeah, chalk and cheese from from Wimbledon to Newcastle, massive massive differences.
1: You went to obviously Watford as we've just touched on as well, and that was under Dave Bassett as well. Yeah how how big of a lure was Dave Bassett? Did you ever feel like maybe doing something different? Was there anyone else in there for you, or, or was it kind of like you know what, get back to normality? Kind of have had a oh, six, I mean, six uh, months...
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think you know, I had an opportunity when, in that summer when I went to Newcastle, I could have gone to QPR with Jim Smith or Watford with Dave Bassett. So, um, you know, and I think he was expect after being eight years with Dave Bassett and playing for him, playing with him as player manager and knowing him so well and him knowing me, so I think he, he expected me to go to Watford, but I, I didn't want to go to Watford. It wasn't even doing the money. I just thought Newcastle was the standout one. Yeah. So, um, and then but luckily three months later, you know, he's... Uh, he hasn't held any grudges, and he's come back and said, "You know, come and play." So, uh, so I did. It gave me a it gave me a way out of there and um, and and come back to Watford, so I could I could move back move back home and, and uh, be in familiar surroundings. And although it probably didn't, like, didn't do so well for, for David, he got sacked at the, around the Christmas time. Um, I ended up staying for two and a half years and uh, uh, and, and being quite a successful time of my on my playing career.
1: Yeah, because on, on a personal level, I think you enjoyed success at Watford. You won yeah. sort of player of the year, even though yeah. I think you were injured for most of the season. You won goal of the season, Um but I suppose on the pitch it, it didn't really work out for a team because I think you suffered your first ever relegation with with Watford. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we, 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 yeah, yeah. Why do you think it went wrong at Watford in terms of like not not for you personally because I think it was successful for you, but maybe as a, as a club. Well, I think, I think, um,
0: I mean, yeah, he, Dave Bassett went in and he completely he completely changed it around. I think they were that. And again, it's, it's similar to it's, I mean, the thing about, but when Bobby Gould went to Wimbledon, Bobby Gould kept it exactly the same, bought Don Howe in, who was one of the best coaches in the country, if not the best coach at the time, and yeah. kept everything the same. Dave Bassett followed Graham Taylor, went to Watford and completely you know, turned it upside down and said, this is how we're going to do it. Bang, bang, bang. And and he, he didn't, and I think you know I he leaving a bit to it. And he's admitted since he, perhaps he should have gone about it the wrong way. So there was a bit of turmoil straight away. Um, I think he, and some players obviously wanted to leave, and some players weren't very happy. So it so upset the apple cart a little bit, and and things didn't things just didn't take off really. And uh, and having got to, got you know the start we had wasn't great. We got. Um, Got relegated end of that season, um, but but you know uh, Steve Harrison came in, built an excellent team, and we got beat in the playoffs. So we we were always there or thereabouts coming back up. So we still we just unfortunately didn't hang on didn't hang on to that uh, Division One Premier League status.
1: Did you ever meet Elton John?
0: Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. I did in fact uh, we we have um, at that time my family had a, a fishmongers in Brixton Market. So in the summer I used to I used to work there from the, from a dad to welcome him go on holiday or you know give him a few tight him a few hours off because he was working it himself him and my mum were working working so hard so I was up there one day well one week working for him and uh, I got a phone call from Dave Bassett saying Elton John wants to meet you so I said well I'm, I'm working in the shop and he said well he's only at Green Park he's, he's he's flying off to America on tour he wants to he wants to meet you so. Uh, I, uh, I had to leave the fish shop and uh, I scrubbed up a little bit and then went over to Green Park and met him. And uh, that was when they were obviously trying to do the big sell for me to, to sign, um, and which I, I went against it. But then when I did sign, I think Elton John was, uh, was terrific with me. You know, he came and, and, and uh, made a fuss and said, Well, you know, thanks for coming. Well done. So pleased you're here. And when, when Bassett got the sack at Christmas, uh, we were playing at home and, uh, and Elton came in the dressing room and, and said, uh, said to me, come and, come and see me after the game. So I went after the game, went into the ballroom, and we, uh, we we sat down and had a chat. And he was just saying, look, he explained what he didn't want to sack Dave Bassett, but he wanted me to stay. And he and, and we had we had a good hour chatting, and he, he was absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And uh, you know, it's, it was it was great, and it was it was great to him to take time out to you know to, to speak to me and to make sure put my mind at ease. and didn't want to lose me, and uh, and do everything they can to to make things work great because he knew the relationship I had with Dave Bassett. So he was, uh, he was, he was a good man. Yeah, I met him a few times. He, he, he was terrific.
1: Please tell me that when you met him, though, he had some kind of extravagant suit on at the same time. If he was just wearing like shirts and a t, right, like a Look, shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> right.
0: Well, it is, it is, it is, it is the thing. I went up there. I was waiting downstairs, and he was doing an interview with Ann Diamond. Then we went up to his suite and all the I imagine, all his his costumes are there and he's all, all being packed up in his pay. And he said, Let's go into the bedroom. It was Dave Bassett and his assistant manager Jeff Taylor. Let's go into the bedroom. And uh he said, and uh, we'll have a chat in there. And uh, when, when he came to the door, he had a he had an all-in-one black cat suit, like sort of thing Linford Christie would have on, and a and a Watford hat. Um <laughs> so that was his attire when, when he met me. Um, so uh, it was interesting. It was interesting, but you know, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time at Watford.
1: Yeah, fantastic character overall. Great, great musician. Fantastic character. Yeah. Also nice to hear. He's a nice bloke as well. Yeah, well um, we had a
0: we had a Christmas party. We had a Christmas party, and um, and he was married to Renata there, so she 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 came. Uh, she was at the party, and all the all the players and the wives and the staff, everyone was there. At the, I think it was at the Watford Hilton, and then the, they had a they had a, they had the, all the tables, and they had a DJ and they had a piano in front of the DJ. So he's so coming to the table to the table. So I said to him, I said, what, what's, the, what's the piano for? He said, well, he said, if, they're, um, if nobody dances, I'll get up and I'll get up and sing and do a few numbers. So I went, okay. So I went around every table and I said, look, I said, the piano is there because was going to play. So don't, whatever you do, don't dance, don't dance. I said, then we're going to get him to play. And they went, okay, okay. Anyway. Obviously, the beers are flying down, and the wines flying down, the champagnes flying down. Anyway, it's usually music stands up, everyone gets up and starts dancing. So I'm trying to clear the floor, thinking I'd love to imagine, imagine him playing at this Christmas party. So then I I went up to him and just said, "Come on, you're going to do it. You're going to do it." And he said, "No, no, no," they're all dancing. I said, "Yeah, but come on, just a couple." He went, "No, I'll leave it. I'll leave it." So unfortunately, he didn't. He didn't play. But uh, and I've paid. I've paid money a couple of times to see him. But it would have been great if we could have got him up on the piano just doing, just seeing, even doing two or three numbers. But he, uh, the party went so well, so uh, he, did, he didn't need to. So that was uh, that was a shame. But, uh, you know, that, I, I did try my hardest to get him to play.
1: <laughs> you could have had it on sort of like private show for free. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People let me down on that one, I must be honest.
0: And I did. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. And I'm looking around going, what are you doing?
1: You know, but uh, never
0: mind. The drink. I think the drink was talking.
1: You had a season at Crystal Palace, but obviously you yeah. struggled. I think to get into the team. Yeah. Um, it was a good side. You finished sort of third in the league. Uh, you had players like Ian Wright, Mark Wright, Jeff Thomas, who unfortunately, obviously, succumbed to injury, but fantastic player. Yeah. But even though you had the a season there and you didn't play as much as you liked, did you quite enjoy your season yeah. at Crystal Palace?
0: Yeah, well, actually, it was. It was. I was only there for six months. I was only. It's similar to similar to similar to Newcastle. Seven appearances, yeah. I think. Both. Both. And I managed to score for Palace. But I was, I was, um, it was a bad, it was, it was a, I'm not making excuses, but I wasn't living the right life. I was, I was living in a pub. uh, Living in a pub and I was, I'd split up with my, with my uh, first wife and, uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't living the life that I should have done. Crystal Palace was on my doorstep, but it was where I was. So, and I was back with my mates, and but you know, doing and probably doing stuff that and doing stuff that I shouldn't have done to be to, to help you, you know, to be a successful professional football. So yeah, um, again, I again I got to January when the window was open, and uh, Dave Bassett come knocking, and again that that that, that summer I turned Sheffield United down. Uh, I could have gone to I could have gone to Palace, back to Wimbledon, or up to Sheffield United with Dave Bassett, I spoke to Gaudie and I've met Steve Koppel, but I didn't um I didn't uh I didn't want to go to Sheffield. I thought Crystal Palace with Steve Koppel, you know, and they just we just lost in the cup final. they would just been beat by May United in the Cup final. So I knew they had the makings of a good side. Steve Coppel being in winger, which I was, I was playing wide then, you know, I thought it'd be a good a, a great time for me to go and play. Um Again, unfortunately, like I say, it was probably not personal time. It was, it was, it was a wasted opportunity. I, I regret that massively. But, you know, it gave me the chance to go up to Sheffield in the January um, and, uh, and, and never look back. I had five and a half years up there. And, uh, you know, that was, a, that was a fantastic move for me.
1: Talking about Sheffield United, you know, I was reading about a few different things. Um, and and the, the stuff I was coming across during my research, to be honest with you, Sheffield United, they raised the cash to buy you. Yeah. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well I came on loan. Um I came on loan and uh I came on loan and it was it was brilliant. We 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 were we were fantastic. We we won we won a lot of games, but we won seven on the trot and I think Sunderland were a victim at that time. Uh, we went up to Roker Park and won one they were up there, and Bryson scores. Um but there was there was it coincided with the with the um Grand National, which was April time. I think it's a Grand National April or March. I think it's April and it's normally semi-final day. Yeah, if the cup semi-final. So then, well, the club have come up with a scheme that um, to buy me, they're going to have to make a raffle. So they had these Grand National raffle tickets, and all the money they was all the money they put out would go to would go to the, to to the prizes, and, and, and the majority of it would go to my transfer fee. So uh, again, it was, a, it was a great it was a great place. It was very similar. It's pretty similar to to newcastle everywhere you went in sheffield there were people what you know the game they were football mad they'd watch training everywhere you went you know there was there was but, but it was a, it was a good time so I'd, i you know it was, a, it was it was a different time for me because i was doing well so you know i was getting well received up there but every time i went out uh, somebody would come up to me and say would you buy these grand national tickets so so what do you mean He said well would, i've got to sell these tickets and he said and it's for you to come so i was cool if i didn't buy them it showed that i didn't want to be up here and I obviously had to buy them to show that I wanted to stay. So I think I can't. I lost count the amount of amount of tickets I I, uh, I bought. I never won, but I must be one of the only people, one of the players that have actually contributed to his transfer fee. So uh, <laughs> that's that's how it was. And um, and that, that, again, that that went well. And and I, I signed. They got the money, and uh, and and then I yeah, went on and uh, really enjoyed my time up there.
1: You played 150 times, I think, for Sheffield United. Um, supremely popular there. How how much did you enjoy your time at Bramall and and why so? I,
0: I loved it up there. I loved it. It was a good time. It was a good time in my. It was a good time in my career. I was, I was, I was at a good age. I was twenty twenty eight. I think it was uh, twenty eight. So you know, it, it had a lot of experience. Uh, I was fit. One thing I was at Palace when I realised that you know my my opportunity had gone. or I hadn't gone. I was fighting to get back in. I'd, I was doing extras. I got myself supremely fit, so I was ready to go. And I knew that, you know, if I got him back in the Palace side, I was ready, which I wasn't quite when I first went there. So I'd got me, mm-hmm. I'd got my house sorted. Um, but it was just, it was just, a, it was a, it was a similar, again, another similar feel to to the Wimbledon, Wimbledon crazy gang. We had young lads coming through: uh, Cole Bradshaw, Dame, Dame Whitehouse, and uh, and Mitch Ward. Obviously, again, you had Chrisy Wilder who was there. These these were local boys. And they bought in, you know, they were they were fantastic. They would have fitted in the crazy gang at Wimbledon 100%. And we got the thing going again. We got a similar a similar team spirit. We got a similar thing. And then for me, being one of the younger cannon fodder ones at Wimbledon, I was all of a sudden one of the seniors, uh, one of the senior ones, uh, and, and obviously playing for some of the, if not the best football of uh, of my career. So it was a big, it was a good fit. Uh, the fans were the they were playing in front of the fans. You know, we had, we had a, I mean, I know you can count success in different ways, but even you know to, to where we, where we were the first season to actually stay in the Premier League and and be founding members of the Premier League, and Brian Dean scoring the first ever Premier League goal, you know there was a, a lot of pluses up there, and, and and I love my time up there, and any chance I get, you know I, I I go back and and watch them. In fact, I watched them recently at Reading in the uh, in the sixth round of the FA Cup two weeks ago, two or three, well no, more than that, you know, before the, before the lockdown. <laughs>
1: They're a good sight to watch these days as well. Are you quite yeah. pleased to see. I could, they suffered for a long time. That I often look at, as a Sunderland fan, Sheffield United as maybe one day that'll be us. Because Sheffield United went through a lot of shit. They had like five yeah. years in League One, which for a, a club the size of Sheffield United is, is surprising. And they're doing so well now. I mean, do you sort of watch Sheffield United? Are you really yeah. pleased to see where they're at? Uh,
0: yeah, brilliant. I mean, uh, yeah, that's why I couldn't wait to go and see them. I see them uh, Whenever I can get to see them, I'll go and watch them a lot the way they play. I love what Chris Wilder and Alan Neal's done, you know, the, the way they play, and the style they play, and what's what's great is when when teams come up from the from the uh, the championship, you know, they're obviously odds on to go back down, and now they're 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 knocking on the Champions League, you know, the uh, yeah. places. So long may it continue. You know, they've they've come back, and and again, it's it's just it, it, you know, right. It's an example. It's an example for Sunderland. It's an example for anybody if you get it right. You know, if you get it right, it's it's achievable. So it's just, and a lot of things obviously got to come together. But you know, it's it gives everybody hope.
1: Talking about how good Sheffield United's team is now and how good they've been the past few seasons, though, I saw an article literally this week. And it said it was the greatest ever Sheffield United side by, a, I think it was the Sheffield United reporter, I think it was, or, or Yorkshire Post or something like that. Um, and he had you down in the squad in the starting 11 as one of the best players he's ever seen in a United shirt. That was a quote. Do you think uh, that your best football came at Sheffield United?
0: Yeah, well, obviously that reporter knows his football. He knows his stuff, doesn't he? You know, so, thank like, you, know Well done, <laughs> so Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I had a, I had a big impact. I had a big impact. And when I first come in, uh, scored a lot of goals, and, and we was we were drift. I mean, we we were that that nineteen ninety one season. Um, we were miles apart, uh, miles off of the, off of staying up. And then uh, next season, I say I think we won seven on the trot. You know, we broke a record, and we and and we stayed up with ease. And um, you know, and and, and it, that that you know that just everything clicked. Everything clicked. Uh, like I say sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I was ready. I was hungry. I knew. I was wounded from the Crystal Palace thing, uh, which may be about the Watford thing as well. But the Crystal Palace thing really, really hurt me that and I, I didn't make a success of it. And I knew that you get into an age at 28, you know, there's not many years left. So, you know, I've got to start making an impact and, 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 and playing, playing and, and, you know, and, and affecting games um, and affecting people around me, which, which, I, which I did.
1: You had a short spell at Derby County, which, as far as I remember, I think they went up with Sunland. I think it was yeah. ninety-five-96, yeah. But you weren't there very long. But I think you played under Jim Smith. How did yeah. you get on with Jim Smith? Because obviously yeah. one of the big characters of the game.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he, he tried to sign me in uh, in eighty seven uh, for QPR, and I spoke to Jim, went down and met him when he was when he was QPR manager. And then what happened at uh, what happened then at Sheffield at Sheffield United? I um I was my contract was up. Howard Kendall would Howard Kendall would come in, and I was I was turning I was going 33, so technically I was I was on a, I was on a free in the summer, and I, they, they were they were debating whether to renew my contract. Um, but I had I had a phone call from another club that a, a big club that they would have, they would take me. So I instigated a move in March before the, you know, the transfer deadline. Then was was uh, was uh, last Thursday in March it was then. So I instigated a move to go, and then the, the, the club that that, that that phoned me to say get yourself here couldn't do it. So I ended up going to Derby County with Jim Smith. Now, the, the, when you when you get when you them, them days when you get to um, the the business end of the season, and they know they've got a window to they got a window. They normally clubs that are going for promotion will will just make sure they get a guarantee. They'll get a few a few experienced players in just to help just to help things just yeah. get over the line. Now I went there. I went there till the summer um, with a view to obviously staying there and 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 and, uh, and and getting a longer contract. Um, well, I played. I played a few games, and we did get promoted, and I'm counting that as one of my promotions. So I, um, it's, I did play a part in that. Uh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get offered uh, one, and didn't get offered anything in the summer. So that was uh, that was a bit disappointing because you know, again, you, you're 33, and um, and it's start like them things now. Well, well you know, where, where where's my next venture?
1: And your next venture was was Hong Kong. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. these days, you know, people go to sort of China, America, a few different places. Hong Kong is a place not many have gone. Um, were you? And I don't know whether you ever think like this is a professional footballer when you hit a certain age. If you think this is where I'm going to finish my career, but was that the plan, or was it? Did you just want to try something new?
0: Well, I, was, I mean, when you when you it's, it's, it, when you're in the in the summer, your, your contract's up, uh, and you're sitting there on a free transfer. I mean, the, the phone was the phone was the phone was ringing, but the offers weren't. You know, all of a sudden, you're going to look so like i am going to have to take a take a bit of a hit on you know the the my, my wage the wage the wages that you was on. Uh, looked like there might have been you know, my my best best days may have been past me, which you know which is obviously right when you get to that age. But I got a phone call from I got a phone call from Hong Kong. Um, to uh, to go and play out there, you know. All of a sudden, you know, the, the deal the deal was a good one for me. Um, and the, I had a I had a young family. Um, I'd, I'd remarried, uh, and I had a I had one daughter of four, one daughter of two, and my wife was was six months pregnant. So it meant that there was no there was no upheaval with schools. There was no it was the, the kids weren't really in full time school at that time. So I thought, let's go and have an adventure. So. Uh, my 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 third child, Faye, was uh, was born in Hong Kong. Uh, she was born out there, so that was uh, that was another you know another another episode that that was brilliant. And we lived on a we lived on a place called Discovery Bay, where all the expats at Flight worked and all the uh, lived, and the Cathay Pacific pilots and all the financial uh, sector people lived, and and it was it was fantastic. You know, we we trained we trained in the evening, so I had the full day to either go to the the swimming pool, the beach, go shopping, spend the day with the family, spend the day with the kids and the missus. Then I'd get a ferry because it was a ferry ride right away, Ferry into Hong Kong, go and train for a couple of hours, come back and uh, and spend go, probably go swimming again. So the lifestyle, the lifestyle at that time, that was a special, that was a special time. And uh, I look back at that uh, really fondly. In fact, a couple of years ago, I, we, we all went back. My daughter, my Faye was 21. So uh, I took uh, we, we we all went back to go and visit and see where we used to be and where we used to live and uh, and it was it was quite emotional but it was it was it was a great time in in my in my life.
1: You did come back. Uh, you came to Hall for a brief time. Yeah. And I think there was a a particular close when you were at Hall that I think it was a big club close. I think it was classified as, i.e., if a club yeah. in the division above came in for you, and Dave Bassett obviously came in again, but I think that was it had sort of two edges to it I think he wanted you to come back not just as a player but also as a coach so um I suppose it's a difficult question to ask because I, I don't suppose you'd ever really known obviously you, you went to Scarborough after Nottingham Forest but yeah, yeah with you going into coaching at the same time when you went to Forest at, at what time do you know as a professional footballer it is time to hang your boots up and, and when did you know
0: well the forest thing came was similar to the Derby. It was it was the um again it was the it was the it was a deadline day. And Forest mm-hmm. were going for promotion. And he said to me, he said to me, he said, you won't play. He said, but if I get any injuries, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna need you. He said I might need you. He said, but come and come and just play till the end of the season. He said and uh, and then and, and see what happens. So uh, I went. I went there, and uh, and basically, I, play, I, I I. It wasn't. It, it never really spoke about the coaching. But what I did was, I played in the in the reserves and the twenty threes they are now. And I would be. I was thirty three, thirty four. In fact, when I was older, thirty four, nearly thirty five. And I was. I was playing in in there. like holding midfield player, holding midfield. And I was playing with Marlon Harewood and Andy Dawson. Uh, and we had some. Uh, we had some. We had some good young players. And I just sat in there and, and helped and, and basically not not knowing that I was coaching, but just doing what I was doing and passing on you passing on your experience, passing on advice, and helping these young boys you know start of their careers. Um, and I, and I, I really enjoyed it. And in fact, I didn't play. I didn't actually play for Forest that year, but they 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 did get promoted. So although I didn't, again, I'm, I'm claiming one of them. I'm having one of them because I, I was at the club that got promoted. So I was. Uh, I'm claiming that one again. I do apologise for that, even though I didn't kick a ball. But And in the summer, in the summer, they've said, um, no, there's nothing for you here next year. I said, no problem. I said, but they that was, I think, that that year, uh, I think it was '98 when they um they were doing they started out um with the, the, the bigger squads and the bigger and the bigger subs, the bench got bigger, yeah. So I said to them, I just said, well, look, you know, all of a sudden, I said, there's a there's a bench, you know, you need more players for your bench, you need a bigger squad. I'm more than happy to carry on doing what I'm doing with the with the with 23s reserves. I said, but you might need, you know, you might need some extra bodies around the place. So he said, okay. He said, um, he said, well, we'll leave that with me, and I'll have to think about it. We'll he said, come back and do pre-season. So in the in the pre-pre-season, obviously, I was working as hard as I possibly could because I know you're getting to an age 34, coming up 35. In fact, I was 35. I was 35. So um, he, uh, he, I got there anyway. It, 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 it turns out that that year, Pierre van Hooydonk went on, on on strike. He refused to come back from Holland, I don't know if you remember that. He went on strike and Bart Williams got injured. you actually? Yeah, yeah, Bart Williams got injured. So the first game of the season in the 98 99 season was Arsenal way at Highbury and I'm playing. I'm making my debut at 35. Now I'm thinking, what's going on there? Now when you think, you think you, you, know, you said when did it or when did you realise, when did you know, my, I think after that game, I think I knew. <laughs> I knew when I'm chasing dicks on the parlor up that left hand side and right hand side. I knew that. I knew that you know I, I'm I'm now coming to the end now with this decision. Coming to the end of my, my coming to the end of my football career now. And I'd like to carry on. I'd like to have carried on, but I knew realistically now I've i to I've had to make make some decisions. So I was always getting my coaching badges. I was already on that route. I've got some. I'll just continue get continue on that path. And then at the end of at the end of the forest thing, uh, got to Christmas, and then I left. I went to Scarborough for one game, and then I got another invitation to go to Hong Kong. So I actually went out to Hong Kong again, and the family came out again. So I had six months there. But when I returned from then, that was when Dave Bassett was at Barnsley. That was when I decided that I could probably go and play lower leagues. I could probably go and play non-league to earn some sort of money, but there was no future in it. It was just putting off what I was going to do. So I, I, yeah. I stopped playing. Uh, I started working as a as a scout for Dave Bassett. I was doing match reports. I was going in on a Friday and, and showing them the reports and showing them exactly what, how this team played and that team played. And I had to do some hours. I had to do to get the coaching badges. You've got to get so many hours. To do my hours, Dave would let me come in and take the reserves. And, uh, and that's how it started. Um, so and only a little short while after that, uh, I, was, I was doing the reserve job. And Jeff Thomas, me and Jeff Thomas, who you mentioned already at Crystal Palace, we were doing it together. We were joint managers. So me and Jeff were taking taking the reserves. Uh, and that was the start of the, the coaching crew at Barnsley. And, uh, and obviously eternally thankful for Dave Bassett to give me that chance. And, and for everything he's done for me, really taking me all over all the clubs he's done and, and giving me the schooling he's done and the education he's done. And, and to give me my first coaching job was massive because, you know, yourself when you come to the end of your career, you're 35, 36 you know, it's basically a, a whole new life starts and the whole is a whole new world opens up. Unfortunately, I've I've been able to stay in football, you know, since that day.
1: Final question, which I always thought was going to be the easiest question when I first started doing these interviews, but apparently it's the hardest one. Pick your five-a-side team from players you've either played oh, with or played me. against. I wish you'd have warned me. <laughs> I wish you'd have warned me. <laughs> I can't. Okay, I can't do Okay, that. well, okay,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in. I played played against as well. That's killed me because like, fortunately to play international football, and I played yes. in an era when you know, I played against the Germans, Klinsmann, Vola, uh, Hassenthal, uh, Hassler. Um, Got uh, played with Gaza. He'd be in it, yeah. He'd be captain. Sorry, yeah. He'd be captain. Gaza, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic Gaza. Yeah, captain. And the goalkeepers, I'm best and Neville South also. Unfortunately, I know, I know Lurch, I call him Lurch, uh, won the cup and done bits and pieces, but I think I'm going to have to give it to Neville, Neville Southall. Um, luckily, fortunate enough to play against Brazil in, the, in 87 as well. We beat them 1 0. And there was a player called Correca who actually played at Napoli with Maradona. I uh, just recently saw that. So I'll have Correca up front with Rush. Rush Correca, Gascoigne. I'm going to pick myself. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to pick myself. All. Uh, and to pick myself and oh it's a tough one it's a tough one it's a
1: tough one there's a lot of honestly I'm, uh, it's pardon there's a lot of good players there a lot of
0: good yeah, players yeah i mean like, I, I can keep going on them and i mean i'm trying to think of the italians i played against i know we played italy in 8 in 87 as well when uh, when, uh that was uh, in 88 were a team that went to, went to the euros uh back against holland as well oh, there's lots I mean, I would, I would go, I would go for purely on what he did playing with him and what he did after. I would put Nigel Winterburn in there because he went, he left us. He was a tremendous player, and what he got with with Arsenal. You know, you need a, you need a defender because I'm a very attack minded. With me, Gaza, uh, Rushy, and then him
1: and Neville go. So I think that's it. Is that, is that it covered? Yeah. That works for me, but you mentioned Nigel Winterburn, and it just came back to me. My funniest memory of Nigel Winterburn, which is a bit of a shame considering how good of a player I don't know he was. are going to say? The canio. The canio. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny, wasn't it? It's funny. Still yeah. the best.
1: Still yeah,
0: the best. Yeah. But he's not good for him. But yeah, it's, it's tremendous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Superb. Clint, thank you very much. That was awesome. Thank you. No, no problem, pleasure. Thank you.